You're listening to the Tumbling Saber Podcast, a proud member of the Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Check us out on the web at StarWarsCommonwealth.com and take your first steps into a larger world. Hey everybody, welcome back to episode 173 of the Tumbling Saber podcast. I'm Kyle. I'm Corey. And I'm Carlos. $1.2 billion globally, guys. <laughs> Estimated. <laughs> it might be conservative. That is the estimate for Endgame's global take in five days. Yeah, that's a, that's a pretty hefty return. That is ridiculous. In five days, think, it's already the biggest movie of the year. I think a certain studio studio played their cards right. Yeah, I, I would say so. Uh, we all got to see Endgame this weekend. Are we reasonably pleased, or are we ecstatic, or are we? Where, where are we? I'm still kind of like I'll say bewildered a bit. Still kind of processing it all, you know. It's uh, it was it was don't get me wrong it was amazing it was absolutely amazing it was emotional it was a really nice little conclusion to everything somewhat and uh, I don't know I'm just still kind of processing it all. How about you, Carlos? I'm blown away, completely blown away. Uh, easily my favorite movie of the bunch. Um, and I was always very high in Winter Soldier. Um, but the, what I love about this movie is that uh, how it makes some of those movies that I uh, may have liked a little less uh, in the lead up, uh, it made them better. Sure. So that, that's, that, that for me is a sign of how good the writing was, how good the callbacks were, how good the acting was, uh, how good the directing was. It's just, uh, I think I cried five times. <laughs> during the movie so it was emotional it was funny it was action-packed um for me best movie i've seen uh, in uh ever i think no ever it was actually it was yeah it's at, it's at the top of my list i think right wow. now. wow and it doesn't even yeah. have tom hardy in it i know holy I know, but it do, but it does have scarlett johansson so. uh, yeah for sure hey, hey it sure does yeah. fair enough <laughs> Yeah. It was very somber, though. I have to say that. Like, uh, I heard heard something. There was there was some good comedic moments, but not as many as I was expecting. Like, I had watched Infinity War the uh, the day before going to see it in theater, right? So, I don't know. Just the the dialogue in Infinity War kind of kills me. But I, I get it. That this is there was a lot going on from an emotional standpoint in this movie, and they wanted that to come across, and it did. And uh, yeah, man, it was, I wish we could talk about it more in depth, but man, yeah, so cool. So good. I can't believe what they did, man. Just broke the mold. Well, I think what's really cool about it, like it sort of harkens to what Carlos said in, in that it makes a whole bunch of the other movies better, but it also really underscores the the amount of planning that went into this. You know, going back 10 years, eight years, all the movies that ha- that have come, a seed that was planted then was only cultivated this past weekend. And we had no idea that 
this is something that, you know, in, in 2012, when you're watching Avengers or uh, going back a little further to either of you know, any of the Iron Man movies, these things go over your head until you see Endgame and you're like, oh, holy cow. Like, they really, really knew what they were doing. Anyway, it's, it wouldn't, it's, it's a stunning achievement of a film. I'm still kind of processing it myself. I only just got out of the theater about four hours ago. So it's it's still brand new in my head. I'm letting the thing all the things click into place, but no doubt uh, a, a stunning movie. And uh, yeah, maybe we'll get back together very soon to to uh, unpack our, our thoughts fully. Yeah, but for I now, see it again. Yeah, we need, I need I need another watch first. So. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's so much in there that it it certainly deserves another watch. Uh, but uh, this is a Star Wars podcast, and this is the Star Wars Commonwealth. Uh, and to that end, I'd like to say thank you to Katie for jumping up to the powerful Jedi tier on our Patreon program. Katie, thank you so, so much. And we'll actually hear from Katie. We're going to have this whole episode, most of it anyway, is going to feel like a little bit of time spent in a Wayback Machine. And you, I guess you'll see why later. But uh, for now, uh, do we have any collecting updates? Because I'm going to tap out. I've got nothing. I need to. I need to keep it that way for the next little while. How about you guys? I sure do. Good. Yeah. All right, moving on. Um, oh, <laughs> I think you'd be interested in this one. Okay, so then hit it instead of the, the anyway, yeah, there was pauses. that. Uh, there was that awesome, well, awesome. It was actually pretty awesome, I have to say. There was a convention this weekend. I've been waiting for it all year. It's our, our comic book guy that hosted, and uh, actually, the I, I met Joe, Jerry Joe uh, Joey Jeremiah. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm at the at Jerry's stand, One Million Comics. Anyway, that was pretty cool. But anyhow, there was uh, – I, I love convention. There's nothing like a convention, man. Like when it's actually pretty good, you know. When I walked in, right away there was like a wall of Funkos probably at least eight feet tall on both sides of me spanning like 10, 20 feet on both sides. I was like – just like right away it's like overload. Like ah. – but anyway, it was, it was a good day, man. I picked up some some white whale comics. We'll call them that. So I picked up that Wolverine 8. I've been looking for it for like four years or, or even more now. Every convention I go to, I'm just like, yeah, I'm sure I got that. I'm like, no, I don't have it. So anyway, I finally found that for a really good price. And I picked up a whole bunch of comics. It was great. Picked up uh, some cool Batman toys. And I actually found X-Wing Luke from the Orange line. And yeah, I, I made a really good deal on all this stuff. So I don't regret a thing. I thought I thought there can only be one. Yeah, but that that I mean I, I had to pick it up because he was basically <laughs> giving it away. Like this is the same guy I bought this stuff from last year. I bought Boosh, uh Bosk, and Commander Cody from this guy. And like, yeah, like I was able to really haggle with him and even this time too, I made it a package deal with this uh sweet Batman anim the animated series big package there was the expressions pack or whatever anyway i i got pretty much for the price of one like i put both those prices i was like this is how much i want to pay and he was just like oh he's like come on bro i was like yeah i'm like that's kind of where i'm at he's like all right he's like i remember you from last year i was like sweet hey whatever works man and the comics too like i'd say like the comics I got Batman uh, Year One Part Three. I've been looking at that for that forever, too, man. Super stoked. 
we're all very thrilled. Thank you. Can you can you hear it in our voices? We're thrilled. I don't know if it's thrilled <laughs> or jealousy. I looked for your your uh, 40th anniversary 3PO. I'm sure you did. I did. I looked everywhere. Uh-huh, I'm sure you did. <laughs> I'm telling you. You're killing me here. Carlos, anything? Yeah, uh, well, uh, from uh, last week, uh, if uh, you didn't see it in the Tumbling Saber group, I built the 20th anniversary um, uh, Lego Star Wars Snowspeeder uh, with the um, collectible Lando Calrissian uh, minifigure. Uh, so I got that, and I got the Imperial Dropship from the 20th anniversary, uh, anniversary line, uh, which is really, really good. And it set me up for uh, picking up uh, either this week. Yeah, yeah. so my next... You know what? I'm going to keep it uh, close to the chest. So I'm going to... I will be announcing some more pickups uh, next week's episode. Yeah. Well, something to look forward to. Giving people a reason to tune into 174. It's May the 4th, baby. That's right. It sure is. May the 4th is coming. I can't believe that. Uh, all right. I'm, I've got nothing, like I said. So we'll just get into the rest of the podcast here. So J.J. Uh, Abrams was re- interviewed fairly recently in the latest issue of Fast Company magazine. And he talked a bunch about Episode Nine and getting into the project. And, of course, these comments came out in advance of Celebration. And I, I, we all saw, I think most of us probably saw these comments prior to celebration and maybe took them one way. And then at now post-celebration and, and a post uh, the Rise of Skywalker trailer, maybe we're looking at it another way. So it would be interesting to, to digest some of these comments. But uh, Carlos, I'll start with you. Did anything in that article jump out, out, jump out to you? Yeah, for me, it was uh, when uh, he was asked about uh, replacing uh, Colin Trevorrow. And how um, he was trepidatious. I think that was the word uh, specifically that he used. And um, one of the quotes was, because I love Star Wars so much and felt like it was it was almost on a personal level a dangerous thing to get too close to something that you care that much about. And that rang out to me so much because we talk about Star Wars every week and sometimes we care a little bit too much in the grand scheme of things about how they're going to attack a certain thing. And then, you know, one of our favorite actors goes and tweets something stupid just to try to be funny, and then all hell breaks loose. <laughs> so uh, I think what he says is pretty much, uh, he, he is a Star Wars fan, and he knows what it is to be a fan, but he's also a filmmaker, and he understands the um, the dichotomy of, of being a creator and not falling into that trap of like ultimate fan service. Um, and, and fan service not necessarily is a bad thing. I mean, as soon as you start doing sequels, I mean, from Kevin Smith himself, he says, as soon as you start doing sequels, you're in the fan service business. So that's what Star Wars is all about. Um, but uh, but he was talking like specifically about what Marvel was doing. But but it, it does translate well to, to the Star Wars universe sure. as well. And uh, so that's the thing that really, really got me was um, was how he was able to understand that. And he was actually scared. It was scary for him, um, f- probably because, you know, he's not great at finishing stuff. Uh, he didn't he didn't say that as much. But um, yeah. Uh, and then his wife told him that he should do it. 
And uh, his first thought was, uh, wait, did you get a boyfriend? You want me to get out of here? Like, uh, <laughs> you're trying to get rid of me? <laughs> yeah, you're trying to get rid of me. Exactly. But uh, then I think uh, understanding that, you know, it's immortality when you do one of these things, you know, and if you do it a good, if you do a good job, you're, you're pretty much a god at that point, you know. So, uh, yeah, that was the thing that really stood out to me from the whole interview. Everything else was just, yeah. But that first thing was, uh, it really blew out. Uh, it blew blew my mind a little bit that he could be that honest yeah well i I think i think he had the same reaction to being approached for for tfa as well and i think it was was his wife who said you have to do this yeah that's true you can't turn this down this is something you need to do i I think they had planned to go away on a trip or or like a take a family vacation or something like that and and she said you can't you can't say no to this and so he did it and i think it was it was basically the same thing where his wife said what are you doing? You know, this is this, look, look look at the opportunity here for you. And so he so he took it. And yeah, I, I do agree that uh, it, it is dicey to get too close to that thing that you love and now to have to be the guy to to do that thing. It's it's scary. I think it can be really, really, really scary and intimidating, which is why I think part of the reason why he got a guy like Chris Terrio to come write this thing for him is that you just you just need somebody else to to maybe keep you grounded a little bit although it sounded to me like in that interview that that terrio was the guy who was like look at the sandbox we're playing and oh my god he sounded like the, the sort of the kid in the toy shop but anyway let's let's i, I hope that it just means that he realized like saw saw the uh potential pitfall of getting involved again and, and put the right people in the right place to polish off a great project what about you Corey? what, what jumped out to you i'm gonna build on both of what, uh, what you both said there in the sense that you know kathleen was pretty adamant that he come on board again and at first he was kind of like uh for the reasons carlos, carlos had stated like he's super in love with this he he wanted it to you know he he was free man he did his thing you know he he had his trial by star wars fire if you will you know but uh, th- there's a lot of other factors as well, like no story, no cast, no designers, uh, basically no time to overthink this thing because they already had a release date that they wanted to respect. And that puts you in a mega time crunch. But at the same time, he also stated that it kind of played into their favor in the sense that he kind of experienced this and lost. The, you, and we know the first few seasons of Lost were very epic. People loved it. It, it was great. I don't, I, the ending kind of eh. But I think they had something like three months to cast, shoot, everything, edit for Lost. So For the pilot. Yeah, for the pilot. But uh, again, no time to overthink this whole thing. Nothing on board. So I just want to say props to him for having the courage to go through with this. You know, he could have said no. But uh, yeah, it's just a, it's a big task that he's taking on. Kathleen believed in him, you know, and uh, he took the leap of faith. And like Carlos had said, like he was not really sure of himself or at first. But what Drew said, Kyle, hiring Chris Terrio as a backup kind of seemed to inspire him because due to his positivity and love, the perspective that that brought, like JJ needed that at the time to really to thrive off of. So anyhow, anyhow like toward the end here, he kind of almost tooting his own horn, which is very, very rare for this guy. So it leaves me 
with thinking that they do have something very special, like he had said. He used the word special, and uh, I think I think it's very possible, man. Like, just it seems like everything kind of came together with what they needed to do, you know? Yeah. I, I don't know Chris Terrio very well. I, I know some of the work he's done, but I, obviously his personality, the way he works, I have no clue. I wonder. I, I wonder if he has a reputation for being somebody who can crank out a script pretty quick, uh, pretty quickly. You know, because JJ had mentioned that they had basically two years, wire to wire, from the time he said yes to the time where the movie has to hit theaters, which is insane. You know, that's a that's a, what an insane time crunch that is. So I wonder if Chris Terrio comes in because this is a guy that works quickly and relentlessly, or maybe he's a workaholic. I don't know. But I feel like that that has to be part of it. Well, his passion definitely probably had something to do with it as well. Ah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But what was the quote? He but said it's true that, because you, you like it. Kind of, you're right in the sense that JJ had kind of mentioned in the article. It's not like he they had never met before. They weren't uh, friends or whatever. But he did end up reaching out to him. Why did he reach out to him? Maybe it is for that reason. Maybe maybe just simply respected his body of work. But maybe it was like okay, like. We know this guy can work quickly, which I don't know. Well, don't you have just to. There's, there's no. Yeah, at this point, there's there's no. Yeah, this is this is this is the job. This is what we got to do. This is what these are the milestones we have to hit. And December twentieth, twenty nineteen, is the date. That's well, it. Don't, can well, we do this? Let's let's not. Uh, in the long run, we know they had kind of like an, a conclusion in their minds for this story, right? So that's kind of already in place. Plus, what's been built for them to play off of, and they got. Uh, well, I think that's part of the thing that was per- perhaps messing with his head a bit. That's that's the thing I found interesting about this. You know, like no, he he was kind of happy to play off what Ryan had done. I didn't get maybe. I mean, I suppose I, that's not not the read I got. I mean, here's the quote that kind of jumps out to me. He says, I I feel like we might have done it. Like, I actually feel like this crazy challenge that could have been a wildly uncomfortable contortion of ideas and a kind of shoving in of answers and band-aids and bridges and things that would have felt messy. Strangely, we we were sort of relentless and almost unbearably disciplined about, about the story and forcing ourselves to question and answer some fundamental things that at the beginning, I had absolutely no clue how we would begin to address. I feel like we've gotten to a place without jinxing anything or sounding more confident than I deserve to be. I feel like we're in a place where we might have something incredibly special. And like when he uses words like an uncomfortable contortion of ideas, like I read that as sort of like a, a, a loaded comment about how he initially had trouble breaking story and following up The Last Jedi. Like he maybe no, had trouble. I see it more, I see it more of pleasing fans. Yeah, maybe like, making it all fan servicey, like oh, we have to do this, we have to do that. It's the last movie, we have to throw this in. This has to be in. It's the last. It's the end. Like I, I feel like he, the thing. Of course, we go back to Trevorrow and feel like it's the 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 Leia thing cost Trevorrow his job, and I feel like JJ maybe had difficulty with that, or maybe race parentage, maybe because we've heard things where Ryan had changed the the path of what Ray's parentage was going to be. And so maybe JJ had t- trouble figuring out what to do with that now, or 
maybe JJ is was annoyed that Luke was out of the picture, or and how would he fit Luke back into it? Because you know reasons. We got to get this guy in. Where, how do we do it? Like there must have been a, a million thoughts swirling around in his head when he took over, and like how, how would he? What about? Uh, do you remember when Adam? Uh, yeah, Adam Driver called Ray a princess. Or said she was a princess and then kind of like had to retract this statement or whatever. Yeah. That was, like he, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. You know, I think that I think the harshest criticism of The Last Jedi is that like, we've talked about this before. That maybe someone should have told Ryan that there's still another movie to come. And so while he gave the next guy sort of a blank slate, you know, it, it does kind of. I, th- I feel like in a way it's it's reasonable to say that he wrote the next creator into a corner, so to speak, in in certain aspects. Well, I mean, he's written things to coming to a conclusion, right? Both sides are, you know, going to go back on to the, the last, like the last battle hasn't come yet. You know, like both sides are still figuring it out. What, what little is left of the rebellion and now Kylo's first order yeah i just i i can see how somebody might have a a difficult time picking up the pieces from the last jedi and moving forward i can see that i i i'm I'm just disappointed that ryan johnson decided to uh to kill off han solo and not give us the reunion that everybody Ah. wanted (laughs) what a turd well you, you guys don't have to worry about it because uh this just in or score Jamboree? Nope. Oh. Ryan's done, man. He's out. Oh. What? <laughs> check your check your Twitter, man. It's all over the place. Let me see. Oh, <laughs> look at that. I'm glad you're on top of this, Corey. Done. Well, keep keep uh, keep an eye on that for the rest of the show. I, w- I want to know yeah, if I that. Think, yeah, this, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we got a ways to go here. We're just getting started, but uh, yeah, I, f- I feel like some movement could could happen there before we before we end. It seems like what a roller coaster. Yeah, it really is. <sighs> wow. I wonder if that was fueled at all by what uh, somebody said on Twitter last week. Hmm. I don't know. Like, I I feel like uh, given the teaser trailer, and it, you know it, that's a real solid teaser. That's uh, it's an amazing teaser trailer. I do. I personally feel like they've hit on something special with this movie, and. Overall, I think JJ's comments fill me with more confidence than than dread or uncertainty. I feel like I feel like in eight months from now, we're going to be very happy Star Wars fans. Exactly. That's that's my main takeaway from this. Like his positivity is really uh, something I don't think we've. You know, he looks like a big slice of humble pie. You know what I mean? Like JJ's never one. Like I don't know. Like he just doesn't seem like one to boast. And this isn't boasting per se, but he's. Uh, well, no, he goes out of his know, way to say, like, you know, he's I, happy. Yeah, like he went out of his way to say that, you know, I I don't want to sound more confident than I deserve to be, but you know, he's he's aware that, you know, the the the, the, the fandom reception is still to be seen, but I feel like he's got a a, a good feel for what they've got in the can, and he's got a good feeling about it. And if the teaser trailer is anything to go by. So far, so good. 
Anyway, I'm I'm confident. I I like I like a lot of what he had to say. There's some things that kind of make me cringe a little bit, like the whole. Yeah, like I said, the whole wildly uncomfortable contortion of ideas stuff and shoving in of answers and band-aids and bridges. I feel like that's sort of a long-form way of saying fan service and uh, connecting things and reveals and all all those things that have sort of bitten Star Wars in the ass in the last couple of years. There's things that we didn't get or we felt we should have got. I I feel like he's, he's addressing that, so to speak. But they've sounds like to me he's he's addressed it in a way that uh, will make everybody happy. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, go check it out if you haven't read the article on on Fast Company magazine. Check it out. I, I will try to remember to link to it in the show notes. Uh, so check it out. It's it's really interesting, and you don't have to read the whole piece. He stops talking about Star Wars halfway through. All right, so from here, guys, we are going to do listener questions from here on in. We've got a great group of questions this week from some great listeners. But uh, let me first just plug the Powerful Friends. And I just want to thank again, as we as I do every week, our Patreon supporters. You guys are the best. And if you are listening to this on the main feed, uh, you can get access to this podcast much sooner uh, from just like two bucks a month. From, for a, a lousy cup of coffee, you can open yourself up to the Powerful Friends program, which gives you access to our newsletters, our exclusive podcasts, um, and overall just an amazing group of, of supporters. And uh, you can get more on that at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. So go check that out. And uh, as we like to say, become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. All right, so this question is a bit of a holdover. It's from our good friend Jeffrey Fishback. Remember when we used to call Jeffrey segments Jiving with Jeffrey? Yep. <laughs> There's a reason for that for th- this week. There's a reason why I'm bringing it back. So here's, we're going to have a, another rebirth of Jiving with Jeffrey this week. And a, couple, a few weeks back, he had given us four characters and asked us to, what will their fate be in episode nine? So this, he's given us another batch of characters, Finn, BB-8, R2, and 3PO. And he, Carlos, he's very excited to hear what you have to say about 3PO. But let's let's start with Finn. Corey, I'm going to pass it to you first. Where are we going to leave Finn at the end of episode nine? Uh, I don't know. I think I I definitely think he's going to be a sur- survivor. That's for sure. Uh, does he stay with the rebellion? Is that necessary? Who knows? But I don't think we're going to get an answer to that. I think it's going to be more of something along the lines of possibly like a Return of the Jedi ending where they're all together that's it but i think we're going to get a hint of him and rose most likely i think that makes sense like we're like we're headed down that path you know like they're going to continue that romance or it's going to be made obvious that those two will will go go forward together yeah Uh, i do agree with that uh what about you carlos what do you what do you see for finn uh i think he gets snapped i think uh yeah, I think he uh, just uh, he's going to be part of Thanos' snap. And uh, <laughs> no, honestly, I really I um, part of me is like, oh, like he he meets Lando and they they have a kinship, but then it's like, yeah, like why do the obvious thing, you know? Uh, so I see him uh, going off on his own and like um, 
maybe having his own outpost or like uh, a stormtrooper rehabilitation center and try to get these guys um, ready for uh, the world without the First Order. Help get them maybe. off the sauce, get these guys clean. Kind of like, uh, kind of like Falcon does, you know, with uh, returning soldiers uh, from everything's Endgame, guys. Everything, <laughs> <laughs> everything is. Uh, well, that, that's <laughs> Winter Soldier. Yeah, no, that's from the Winter Soldier. But I'm just saying, like, see how Cap kind of. Uh, oh, I don't want to. It's too many spoilers, but uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe he's helping other people. You know, I think uh, he 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 wants to help people, so I think that's that's yeah. what he's going to end up doing. Yeah, he's gonna. I I, I agree with that. Like a leader type, like he is a leader, like he's made his way right to the top of, uh, I mean, it's not like there's many of them left, but. I don't see him retreating off to become a farmer, you know, like I think he wants to be implicated a little bit and uh, take his place, you know. Yeah, it seems like his destiny. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of there with you. To me, he's sort of the everyman of the group. Like to, to this point, we don't, I don't believe he's force sensitive. Maybe JJ changes that. Um. But I, 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 I kind of see him as achieving his goal of helping to destroy the First Order and, and saving his friends and, and being free to walk away to settle into his own thing, whatever that is. And maybe, maybe Rose is with him. I, w- I would think she probably would be. Um, and so John Boyega was asked this last week or the week before. Uh, yes, I guess at, at Celebration. He was asked if he thought he'd he would ever be back to play Finn. And he told MTV News, honestly, the bottom of my heart, I don't think that I am. Really, this is that movie. I think everyone doesn't believe it, but this is the war that just ends everything. So I I wonder if that means... I don't know if... Do you think he's spoiling Finn's death? Or is he sort of saying... At the end of the day, there's there will be no more First Order. There won't be a need for a resistance. Yeah, I think he's basically... I think he's confirming Finn's the survival. The saga. By that Finn's quote. really? Uh, no, I think he's just... He's, he's towing the line that this is the end of the saga. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. But like just the way he's worded it, I, it leads me to believe that he's survived. Yeah, I, well, that's kind of where my brain is. That's where my brain is, too, where it's like, yeah, the, the war's over, and I'm free to go. Because all he's ever wanted to do is run. And it, it took a lot of work to get him uh, to get on board with, with the resistance against the First Order. But if there's no more First Order, hey, maybe now he's got that freedom to go live his own life. But I do like the idea, Carlos, of of him helping stormtroopers sort of scrub their brains of first order programming if he did it maybe he can help help others figure out how to do that too and i I feel like that's part of his arc in nine and i've i I think i said that in in our episodes right after the last jedi where phasma called him the bug in the system i Mm. think he figures out what that means and i feel like he will be he'll be there to help dismantle the first order when the time comes from the inside so that's that's what I see for Finn. Um, BB-8. I'll, I'll start with BB-8 because it's real quick. Um, I don't know. I feel I feel like wherever Poe goes, BB-8 goes. Like I just I don't see a whole lot of story function or archetype type stuff for BB-8. I just feel like he's there. I love him, 
but I feel like he's just there. And, I, you know, I, I can't imagine him getting blown to bits or crushed. I feel like he'll be there at the end of the day and, and he'll just roll off with with Poe where, wherever Poe goes. Yeah, I think they're connected. I think uh, where one goes, the other goes. How about yeah, you? I'm kind of right there with you. Yeah, I'm right there with you guys. Like, uh, it's either that or he dies. But uh, I don't see that happening either. I think it's a happily ever after thing. It's like his little dog. So, well, if po- it, I mean, the only way I see him dying is if Poe dies. Like, if 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 he's in the next wing or in a like, ship. I could I could see I could in Star Wars I could always see it. Like, I could see BBA like pushing him and Oscar selling it. Like, BB, no. <laughs> he's like. Like, that was a good effect, though. <laughs> wow! I, I like hey. the production value good. on this podcast is going through the roof. Through the roof. Uh, okay, so that's yeah, that's a pretty innoc- innocuous one. Maybe it gets a little deeper with R two, Corey. What do you, what do you see for R two? Oh Christ! You know, we didn't see him once in the trailer, and he hasn't really been seen too much in this sequel trilogy whatsoever i hope there's a bit more of a bigger bigger role for him and i really hope it's not one that involves him dying either like i i've said this many times here before this has been written since the very onset of this whole thing but it would be really nice if it was him storing this entire skywalker saga he's got everything man like he had to shut down for that whole time to reprogram himself because of all the information that he has inside him it would be amazing. Like R2 has so much info inside him. Even in the Clone Wars, they kind of reiterate that fact. Like he is the most valuable droid ever. Like Anakin gets in so much crap for not having ever wiped his memory. Like he always kind of just like, yeah, I'll do that. But he's like, hey, buddy, like another dog type situation with like Poe, you know. And I'm sure Luke did the same thing. And anyway, never, never mind wipe. So I hope he just retelling that saga to future generations would be a really nice way to tie this up with a bow, I think. So I'm going to keep banging on that drum. That would be honoring a Lucas idea. Exactly. I mean, now we know that uh, JJ and the powers that be have, have consulted with George Lucas on episode nine, <laughs> which, which fills me with glee. Um, yeah. I hope they, they work in some of those original story points and that the movie feels like it's come from Lucas, uh, in a big way um yeah i don't know i I, you you talked about the whole recounting the story of the saga to the keeper of the wills i don't know that we'll see that followed through on exactly but it'd be nice to seem like retelling the tale to maybe to like a group of children or something yeah like maybe this is how how uh i was gonna say bubble boy broom boy boy. (laughs) bubble boy jesus Uh, it's got to be a Seinfeld reference somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's the ma- moops. Maybe we see. Yeah. Maybe we see R2 at the end of the day recounting the whole story to, to a bunch of kids. I, that's not a horrible idea to me. And, and you know, the, the idea of that is still possible. Especially with, with Lucas around. And uh, I mean, I'll take a, I'll take a fairly big swing and say that uh, R2 ends up back where he started with the resistance. On Naboo? Oh. Uh, no, I'm, I'm going to say he's going to, like, we, when we first meet R2, he's with, he's under Leia. And I'm going to say he's still with Leia at the end of 9. How about that? 
Hmm. Uh, Carlos, what yeah. do you think? So what does that mean? Are you saying that Leia lives? I'm saying Leia lives. Hmm. Uh, That's what I'm saying. So my right. deep cut is uh, R2 has always been a spy. Uh, he's from Naboo. Uh, and uh, so is Palpatine. So uh, R2 is pretty much uh, a tool of Palpatine right now. And um, holy cow! Yeah, that's that's what I, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that uh, somehow, uh, no, I, I couldn't. I couldn't go through it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just like to thank uh, Ryan Johnson for retconning uh, what J.J. Uh, Abrams did in the Force Awakens and actually give us a scene with R2 that actually made sense in the Last Jedi. Thank you, Ryan. Oh, you mean asking uh, asking JJ to swap out BB-8 for R2? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was great. I'd like to th- make sense. Like, like to thank him for that because, or else, uh, how do we get where we are today? I don't know. It's tough. Uh, but uh, no, I honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I, I kind of feel like the saga ends because no one's left to tell it. So I think that R2 bites the bullet. I think uh, something. His his fuel cells run out or he short circuits beyond repair. And uh, I I don't think we're going to have R2 going past episode nine. So you've killed Finn and R2 so far. No, no. Finn, I gave him the... uh, Watch your mouth, You snapped him. No, no. I was a joke. (laughs) (laughs) I was a joke. I said Finn would be the the Sam of, uh, you know. The Samwise Gamgee? Is no, that is that what you're talking about? No, definitely not. Oh boy, <laughs> next you're going to talk about Avatar. Like, what the hell? No, nope, nope, nope. This is an Avatar free zone. Which yes. Avatar? Unless we exactly. want to talk about the Airbender, which I can do. Yeah, because uh, that's that's straight up very big parallels with Star Wars. Yeah, no, no. The the uh, the blue people. Yeah, terrible. Those avatars can go elsewhere. Oh yeah, definitely. No, no, no. So seriously, I, I think that's what it is. I think R two R two is over. R two is over. Wow. That's unfortunately a- not. It's not that. I, it's not what I want, but I think that that's where it goes because of everything, because of all the you know, uh, going back to Lucas and what Lucas you know talks about and how R two is the one recounting the story. Well, if the story ends, then maybe it's not because the story ends. It's because whoever's recounting the story. And what? <laughs> well, let, then let me ask you to follow that up with three PO Carlos. What what's going to mm. happen with him? Oh, I hope he dies. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, I hope Salacious Crumb just comes back and just finally eats both eyes and uh, puts a thermal detonator inside him, and he blows up from the inside. That's kind of like the, the, what, kind of like what I did to him in the uh, in the saga and uh, the romantic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> blew him up from the inside. Oh Jesus! Oh. It's a fine line between hate and love, man. Yeah, yeah. I, I, no, like, I don't mind. I, what What do I think? No, I I mean, if um, if R two goes, then probably three three PO goes too. Um, I don't want to wish ill on anyone. Except Anthony Daniels. Ouch. Yeah. There goes our chances of ever getting Anthony Daniels on the show. 
Seriously. Oh, I'd, li- I'd like to have him on to debate it. <laughs> the invitation's open, sir. Watch out. Detroit fights back, man. Ooh. <laughs> That's what he said. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna say that I think that wherever R2 goes, I think 3PO will go there too. And I, from what cool. we're hearing, he's gonna have his most active role since like Attack of the Clones. And personally, I'm I'm kind of glad about that. Like I've I've never made any bones about the fact that I think the two OT droids have been given a bit of a raw deal with the sequel sequels. Uh, so I'm I'm glad he's gonna have a bigger part of nine than in seven or eight. So, yeah, count me in for he's going to end up at our two side, shiny looking, and with Princess Leia, General Leia, whatever she's going to be at the end of episode nine. I think Force those, Ghost. Force Ghost 3PO? Leia. That's what she'll be. Oh, me, or dear me. <laughs> well, what do you think, Corey? Well, I think you're right in the sense that uh, I touched about, upon it with the R2 there. Like, we really didn't see too much of them, and it does look like he has a pr- pretty big prominent role. Like we've seen him, uh, he was pretty prevalent in the trailer, which doesn't really mean too much. But how does that prevalent? If you see him once, like for about three seconds, not even three seconds, holding a pole. Well, he's also in the skiff or whatever you want to call That's it. That's what that I was ride. talking about. The, the, that that whole, that part. He's in there for that. And he's also looking over the the cliff. Oh, okay, yeah, you're right. Yeah, they're all walking towards the Death Star. Yeah, but I don't know. The, the poster too kind of alludes to him. What we've seen, you know, with the the guns and stuff. Oh, the fake poster, you mean? Well, it looks like he he, he even said it, a droid fights back. You know, like a, I think we are going to see a droid that is fed up of being pushed around, and it's going to be like, you know what? The Candidos of the world can eat up. Beep. <laughs> like pop 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 pop. Again with the production value. That's crazy, eh? Crazy. <laughs> but what happens in the long run is uh Three Pills a lover, man. So like when it's all said and done, like if he doesn't walk away with R2, which is probably what's most likely gonna happen, hopefully, unless he sacrifices himself for R2 and his undying love. You know there are a couple. <laughs> but uh that could happen. That's very possible. But it's either that or, you know, um, uh, across the stars in the sense he freezes himself in carbonite ends up here in modern day lives happily ever after with you and then we get star wars episode xxx Ooh, ooh no no. <laughs> yeah no don't no, like but, that uh, don't like that at all i could see him going down in this like r2 i always rule mm. like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I could see something like that. Or I could see him being happy at the end. But he literally almost stole the show kind of in the last uh, two movies. He had some great moments, even though he was barely in them. Like, <laughs> you probably didn't recognize me because of my red arm. Like, that the gets me every time, ever. you know? Yeah, stupidest thing ever. I agree. <laughs> no, it's actually pretty funny. No, no, but it's like dumbest thing ever, though. It but is it's all dumb. Good. Yeah, it, yeah. But it, it, it's dumb in a good way. Sure. Also, also like the, uh, like even when Leia looks at him, I love that. Like, don't look at me like that. And he's just like, Ugh. <laughs> wipe that, that nervous look yeah. off your face, three yeah. of you. He's nervous. Just, I love that. I, I honestly also, don't mind. I don't mind three PO in uh, Last Jedi. Like, uh, he wasn't as annoying as uh, Episode Six or Episode Seven. So, I feel bad. like 
part of it, I think there's a piece of this new group that wants to honor a lot of what Lucas did. And Lucas has very strong feelings about those droids. Like those were, they were our guides, especially through A New Hope. Uh, But even, even for the OT at large, they were sort of like our POV characters in, in, in some way. I think they're going to try and honor that. So I, I do think that they'll both be hanging around at the end of the day. But we'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm glad that they both seem to be more active in this, in this episode than in, in 7 and 8 combined. But we shall see. Jeffrey, thank you, sir. We'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens in the next installment of of characters Jeffrey throws our way. And now we've got a little session we like to call communing with Katie. Remember that, guys? Yep. Katie is back with a question. Want me right. to read it for you, uh, Laser? Uh... Yeah, please. If, if you if you wouldn't mind, go for it. I don't mind reading it for you because I know you got uh, some razor blades in your throat right now. So appreciate it. Call them laser brain. <laughs> no. yeah, that that, right, that so, applies too. So from Katie, uh, guess what? I'm finally back with a question. Apologies for the radio silence on interaction, questions, etc. I have been listening. I've never stopped, but now's my chance to give you guys your props. You guys are killing it and are definitely one of the best Star Wars podcasts out there. Woo! Thank you, Katie. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you. Oh. So, qu- question uh, With the rise of Skywalker, uh, we are ending the Skywalker saga. So this makes me wonder, do you think this will be the last time we see the new generation cast on screen or on the big screen? I mean, we never thought we'd see Luke, Leia, Han, uh, or Han again, but we did. I definitely want to see more from these guys, preferably a Poe film because Poe is awesome and I slightly, I'm slightly Poe crazy right now that I mentioned that I love Poe. <laughs> Keep up the awesome work, <laughs> you guys. From Katie, KT, K2SO, KTSO, K. Well, uh, One of those. Uh, yeah. Katie, you're the best. Love it. And, Glad uh, to have need, Katie back. And we need to talk about The Walking Dead soon. Just letting you know. Uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, great, great email right there. Uh, what do you I'm think, Corey? Of, I'm, Sorry, Carlos. No, I was just going to, I was going to say, I'm kind of. I uh, I offered to read it without having read it previously, and I'm kind of taken back by the by the best Star Wars podcast out there. Like one of the best. Like I'm really awesome. Thank you so much. It is indeed indeed high praise. Katie supports a lot of podcasts, so for her to say that means a lot. Yeah, thank She's you. She's back to KT Triple E one two zero on Twitter. That's just nice. she's reading now. There you go. But- Perfect. And it, but yeah, the, the, the Rise of Skywalker trailer did its job. Like, I don't, I'm not going to say that Katie had stepped away, but this this it's it's kicked on the afterburners for Star Wars and Katie's world. So, job well done there. Yeah, go for it, Corey. Well, let's just say with the I think Kathleen Kennedy's statements not all that long ago, she kind of said she she very much left the door open for these characters coming back. I don't know what says that says about this saga. But, uh, you know, I think there's, we're going to have a firm closure here. I don't think anything's ever said and done. Like, money definitely speaks. 
I think the streaming service adds a whole new degree to this for these actors. Uh, I think fan reaction and what fans want, what the fans want can have some, some part to play in this. You know, if the fans keep saying that they want to see Finn again or they want to see Poe again, you know, uh, very well likely could happen at one point. And I'd like to see it too. Who knows in what way, shape or form, but Again, Kathleen Kennedy's left the door open. John Boyega seems convinced at this point that it's over. But um, yeah, I'm definitely going to say we're, we're going to see some of them. I don't know. Like if, if anyone Pope makes the most sense to me to have to have his own either show or I don't know about movie, the chance of them all coming back together in what, 30 years? Not a big fan of that. I don't need to see these people as old people. I might not even be around, frankly, but I don't think we need uh, 10, 11, 12. I really hope they don't go down that route. But uh, I definitely think we'll see them again. I thought I did want 10, 11, 12, but I'm kind of happy to be stepping away from this this timeline. It's it's too much to handle. There's too much of of a time gap between the films for it to to be a cohesive thing. And uh, that's the one thing that I find has been brutal is the, the, the lack of cohesion, I would say from one saga to the next, uh, just with the technology and with the different writers and the different directors and the visions all trying to like, it feels, it feels very cobbled together. And, um, especially in the wake of what, of what Marvel did in the last 11 years. Uh, it's it's hard to say, you know, oh yeah, let's continue this thing. I'm happy that uh, Ryan Johnson is is doing his own trilogy and D.B. Weiss and, and Benioff are doing their own thing and away from this whole saga because this thing is just a landmine. Like, just like what we said earlier in the, in the uh, at the beginning of the show, talking about JJ's interview, like, yeah, you love it so much that it's like, am I going to ruin this? How are people going to take it? Because you know that right off the bat, no matter what you do, there's a, a significant portion, whether it's 25% of fans, that's like one out of four of your friends that hates what they're going to do, no matter what they do. For sure. So Star Wars fandom is so is big enough that no matter what they do, like you said, there'd be a big group of people that don't like it. Yeah. So, uh, so I, I don't know. I don't think we'll see them all together again on the big screen. I do believe that, uh, like Corey said, I mean, there's a, we're already seeing Poe in resistance. Like if that continue, if that cartoon continues past episode nine, what's to stop him from being there too? Uh, maybe that, or, or maybe resistance is not the title of the show anymore or, or he'll get his own uh, Cassian and or, or Mandalorian type show. You know, like uh, th- th- there's I think there's stuff there for him to do. Um, I wonder if this time, whatever time gap they embed between The Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker. I wonder if that's the staging area, so to speak, for Disney Plus shows on these characters, if it comes to that. it's mm, a good point. Yeah, I kind of I. Every time I get, you know, I get excited every time they announce one of those shows, but I conceptually, I, I don't like them. 
I don't like. I I, I always kind of want to move forward or or tell a new story. I, the gap filling stories, yeah, fine. I love them in the end, but I prefer something else. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, my simple answer is is no. This is definitely not the last time we're going to see these characters on screen, and uh, a bunch of reasons why I say that. And the first of which is is going back as far as. I think November of 2017, um, Kathleen Kennedy said that they were looking at what's next for these characters beyond episode nine. And then she doubled down on that during celebration where she said, quote, "Uh, but there's no question that there's certain characters that we've created, certainly in the last three movies that we may very well want to see down the line in the future. That to me, I mean, that's, that's really nothing, but it says to me that, the door is certainly open to see these characters again. And then uh, the, the other reason is, um, you know, coming off the back of that statement, like, I don't think there's, there's, there's no way that they're going to cut ties forever with the, like the names and places of the Skywalker saga. I, I just feel like it's too much of a safety blanket for them. You know, and, and for, for a large slice of fans too, like, once you step away from this, what happens? Do we lose half of fandom? Or do we retain 98% of it and only a tiny little bit go, I'm done, I'm happy. But either way, I think this saga, these characters, the aesthetic of this part of the galaxy will keep drawing people in. And if you know, if things ever get tough, money-wise, they just go, okay, let's dust off the Skywalker saga people and let's give that another kick at the can. And then my, my third reason is, uh, like we talked about a little bit earlier tonight, that in the recent past, both Boyega and Daisy Ridley have said that they're done with the character they're playing. And you can definitely take that at face value. But I find it interesting that it's the opposite of what, of what Ke- uh, Kennedy said. Right? Yeah. So I, that's weird to me. And you know, if, if we know what Kathleen Kennedy said... So do they. And so I also ask myself, like, what would, what are they going to say? Like, these, these actors aren't going to go, yeah, actually, we're talking about doing some movies about eight to ten years from now about uh, blah, blah, blah. They're never going to say that. Right? The, the, you know, that's just not something they're going to do. They're trying to paint a clear picture that this is the end of the saga. And I, I don't think they want to do anything to muddy that, just, <laughs> which kind of confuses me as to why Kathleen Kennedy's doing it. But... um Obviously, they don't they don't know anything, but you can also look at their comments as as like bargaining posture. You know, like if they come back as Finn and Ray five, ten years from now, they're going to be huge stars. They might oh, yeah. be they may be at the peak of their earning power. So if they just play it cool now saying, eh, I'm happy, I'm done. This is I, I've played my part with these guys. But if they come back. Now, as big stars, they can say, all right. Now, now you're going to show me the money. So I, I, that's that's one way I look at it. Um, so yeah, I, f- for those reasons, I think we will definitely see these these characters on screen at some point again. And like I, you know, in the past I've said, yeah, we'll probably get episodes 10, 11, 12. I don't know about that so much anymore, based on how they're marketing episode nine. But I do think they can do movies coming out of that saga that are just 
they don't label them as seven, eight, nine, or sorry, uh, ten, eleven, twelve. You know, they don't they don't make it about the Skywalkers. It's got it'll have nothing to do with Darth Vader. It, it's not about his legacy. It's not about anything related to what we know. But I think they could continue that that line of storytelling with those characters without connecting it to that saga. Yeah, like something like uh, in the books they did with Wedge Antilles, X-Wing Rogue Squadron. Maybe something like that with Poe, you know? Or, you know, it, it could be another race-centered series where it's it's the new Jedi Order. And it's it's her, uh, you know, leading a Jedi Order against... But she's a Skywalker, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's going to be enough of a separation to know that this... The nine movies that we're getting now are about family. And I think whatever comes next will be branded as this is not about the Skywalker family. So the I think Skywalker Academy. <laughs> whatever they cho- choose to do, you know, I, I think it'll be understood that it, it is it is broken off from what we already have. But I can't imagine that this is the last we've seen. Yeah, I would really, in a way, I almost do hope it is for certain characters, such as Rey, in a sense that you know, I'd like to know more, but at the same time, I hope she is the key to bringing balance to this whole thing, possibly along with Kylo, and I don't necessarily, I'm not saying that means she dies or whatever, but I don't know, I just think uh, having her come back is, uh, just means there's more evil and stuff out there to be dealt with which at the end of this thing I want to feel like it's they're going into the true golden age you know I see what you mean but we probably would have felt the same thing in 1983 true that they're sailing off they've they've conquered evil their balance has been achieved and here we go it's happily ever after for everybody totally didn't happen and so if they need to open that door again they'll do it and I, I think part of it's just personally, I don't, I'll be, I'll be really sad if this is the last we see of Ray. Like, think about it. It'll be four short years of, of having this character in our lives. And of course, we can watch the movies whenever we want to. But you know what I mean? Like, four years. Here's Ray. Oh, and, and we're done. Yeah, that doesn't, that. That doesn't excite me. I want. I hope we get to see more of Ray in the future. I want to see what she becomes. Maybe you will in this film. Yeah, maybe. But yeah, so to answer Katie's question, um, I no, I don't think this is the last time we'll see these characters. If you you guys you guys are both yeses, or where were you finally? I definitely. Maybe not necessarily all three, but of uh, the mains. But definitely, I think there's room for a lot of those characters. Maybe even some background characters. Snap Weckley series, here we come. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Just read Aftermath. <laughs> all right, uh, guys, it is now time for Bradley Banter. I remember that. Continuing with the callback names for these segments let's check out this voicemail from bradley hey guys bradley here with the star wars question so uh the other day i posed a question on twitter for y'all 
on where this ranks as far as Star Wars teaser trailers. And um, I really, for me, it ranks up there just because of um, the visuals, obviously, that we see, but the music that we uh, that accompanies the the whole teaser. I just love the music. I think it just kind of uh, it's just kind of an accumulation of the whole saga all in one. The way it just builds throughout the whole uh, teaser trailer, which I love. Um, my all time favorite teaser trailer, um, still to this day and will always be, is uh, Return of the Jedi. I just love that teaser trailer. It's just a, it, you know, it's always going to be number one just because of time and place uh, for me. Um, but this one's pretty good. Um, so uh, my question um, is for this teaser trailer, what is, um, what do you think is our uh, Kylo in the forest moment? Uh, our Ray running with our lightsaber moment that were in the last two teaser trailers in the Force Awakens and in the Last Jedi. What uh, scene um, in this teaser, uh, the Rise of Skywalker, is uh, one of those two scenes where it's a really cool looking scene, but it doesn't make it into the movie um, for whatever reason. So, yeah, I'd like to hear y'all's thoughts on that. Um, I really hope it's not the very first scene because that is a pretty cool scene. But uh, like y'all discussed uh, in y'all's podcast last week, uh, I'm right there with you, Corey. It could all be in her mind. It might not even really be happening. Um, but I just find that scene just strange in a sense that how would you put that in a teaser and then not put that scene because it in the movie it just seems like there's some kind of significance to that scene for whatever reason but you know uh you never know we don't we don't have uh, uh the uh big picture here so in a sense what what the story is how it's going and and where where it's leading us but uh that's my question for this week hope y'all uh, have fun with it um look forward to hearing uh Y'all's thoughts and feelings on it, and looking forward to other people's questions and what y'all have to say. We've got a lot to chew on for the next eight months, and uh, looking forward to it. As always, may the Force be with you guys, and we'll talk to you later. Bye. And there goes Bradley. Thank you, sir. You know, it's, it's crazy to me how, like, uh, trailers have become, like, such a big deal. Right? Like, I never... Personally, I never cared about teasers or trailers at all before Phantom Menace. And I, I don't know if this is the Star Wars fan in me talking, but I feel like that trailer, Phantom Menace, the first teaser, changed everything and turned trailers into a, a little bit of an industry on their own. And Just, just look at where, we, where we've come with trailers. It's crazy now. But... Uh, all right, so we got a couple questions from Bradley. The first one being, what is our favorite Star Wars teaser trailer? Carlos, what, which is yours? It don't don't sound so depressed. It's not, no, it's not, it's, it's not so bad. Are you imitating <laughs> the breathing? Yes. No, I, I think it is. I think it is. 
I think it's the the rise of uh, Skywalker for me. Just uh, getting the first of all that uh, I keep I keep coming back to it, but that the Matrix jump and um, them walking up on uh, the iris of the 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 Star Destroyer and then Palpatine's cackle, like all that in one trip. Like, are you out of your mind? Are you out of your damn mind? Makes you wonder what they're holding back, right? Exactly. That's what I'm trying to get at. It's, uh, I don't think there is one teaser trailer that did as much for me as this one. Is is it like um, proximity bias, maybe? I don't know. Honeymoon period. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I just... I felt it the first second that I started. Yeah, excuse me. That was a sneeze. Yeah. Um, Bless you. The first, yeah. The first time I, I started watching it, I was like, oh my God, this is different. Like I just felt something different. It might be the anticipation. I don't know, man. It's really tough to say. Like the other ones were cool, but this one was The Last Jedi. I don't know if I remember. Sorry about that. Jesus. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, the, I don't, the last I don't, Jedi trailer was the one that ended with uh, is Luke saying it's time for the Jedi to end, and that ominous music, and we all were like, "What?" Yeah. Now I feel like I feel like every teaser when it drops in that like in those in that honeymoon period is like that's the best teaser ever. But what do you think, Corey? What's what is yours? Uh, it's tough to say because I, I rewatched a lot of them. I almost pretty much excluded the OT just because, I mean, it's before our time, really. And they're actually, like, really horrible. Yeah, garbage. Yeah. They were just, <laughs> trailers were just cut differently then. If, yeah. you, if you were was, around was... to see it then, I can imagine how it would have completely made you nuts oh, for, sure. the, for what was coming. But they were, they were trailers sure. then are not what they are now. No, trailers no. back then were like, here, here's a summary of the movie. Now come and watch it. Yeah. yeah. E- even even so, the, the now this is the thing. Like Kyle said, the Phantom Menace trailer really did change the game. What's his name? Joe Dirt or whatever his name was. Or what was it? Joe Blow. That movie. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Black? No. Yes, it was me, Joe Black. Was it? Yeah. Joe Schmoll. Whatever. <laughs> Joe, <Blow. laughs> Joe Dirt. <laughs> Joe yeah, that'll be Joe the Blow. day when Star Wars attaches a a trailer to a David Spade movie. <laughs> the mullet. <laughs> Anyhow, it really did change the game in regards to trailers. So it's hard to compare what we've seen recently. The last three from the sequel trilogy have all been equally just breathtaking. And one more so than the other. Like, really hard to choose from. Like I almost want to see Phantom Menace just because when I rewatched it, I like I was able to almost like transport myself back in time to when I was 17 years old watching that trailer and just the the anxiety, you know. But from like a, a, a cinematic standpoint, it's it's a really tough choice between The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens. Because The Force Awakens had a lot of stuff that was just like, whoa, it's back, baby. And then The Last Jedi as well, like Kyle said, it was just all over the place. So, uh, and even the, the, the latest one, the latest one really, I watched it right before. It pumps me up, but it gives us absolutely squat. 
like the cat go yes we get the uh, the death star but really the in-between shots we really don't get much from that trailer so uh i'm gonna go with the last jedi for now but it's it's uh it's so hard between that and the phantom menace yeah i i hear you like to, to pick up on what you said about the ot Though, yeah, none of those mean anything to me except for the special edition teasers. When those started hitting both TV and I don't know if they're, I, I never saw one in cinema, but I remember seeing them on TV, like the 15 second spots and stuff like that. And that was a big deal. And, you know, it, it was cool to see like those little quick shots of what was new because they just spoiled those outright. Uh, but knowing I'd finally get to see those movies on the big screen. I'd finally be on the level with everybody else that got to see them before me. Cause at that point I was like one of the younger generation of star Wars fans. Um, ha- having not seen those movies on the screen. So now I'd, I'd, I would have that check mark box ticked. Um, so yeah, there was, there was that, but yeah, the, the Phantom Menace teaser was just incredible. The way that teaser builds, it was it's it's fantastic, and I did watch that. It teaser. gives away so much, though. Imagine if you were podcasting back then; like you could pretty much almost you could tell a lot from that that trailer. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> as yeah, as if you couldn't figure out what Obi Wan's no at the end meant. No. <laughs> yeah, you could have figured out a lot from that teaser, but I mean, that was the start of of the teaser trailer industry. I mean, in its current modern format. Um, yeah, it's it's not as polished, I think, as, as teasers are now, but what was? Um, yeah, I went back and watched a few others, too. And, you know, I, I don't even remember the Attack of the Clones teaser. Like it was, it was, in a way, it was watching it for the first time, but you know what you hear throughout that teaser? Vader's breathing. Which connects kind of to these modern teasers where you hear breathing in all three of them. Yeah, that's kind of interesting, man. Like, I have that note here. The Brez, Anthony Bresdikin, uh wrote something recently about that. Like, kind of just throwing something to the wall there, but, like, he's like, take it for what you will, but there's two people in Star Wars who were familiar with their breathing now. And there's obviously Vader and pretty much Ray. Like, Every single trailer has started with her breathing. Uh, the first one was Finn. That's true. As eh? he pops up, his head just pops up from from the bottom of the screen. But the next two were Ray. Um, yeah, the the Revenge of the Sith teaser. No breathing, but man, that showed a that gave us so much. They, like they showed Anakin versus Obi Wan on Mustafar. Uh, they showed Vader on the Frankenstein table. And granted, we knew that was coming, right? Like, both of those things we figured we'd see. In, we didn't know what it would look like, but we thought we'd see the creation of Vader. And we knew that Anakin versus Obi-Wan was coming, but they showed it. No way would they show that now. Like, they didn't show us Rey versus Kylo. Not in TFA and not for Episode Nine. not so far. They didn't give us the Praetorian Guard battle. You know, like, big beats seemingly were not a big deal then. Uh, let's, just, let's just give them a little bit of that. Now we get none of it. You know, like, a lot of the Endgame stuff was... This whole teaser is built on the first 20 minutes of the film. And it still got your heart racing. 
Uh, yeah, another thing I found interesting in, in looking at some of this stuff is that uh, like we get a, a Luke voiceover in all of them. Hmm. And he speaks, he speaks, of course, in, in The Rise of Skywalker. He spoke at length in The Last Jedi one. And I think it was the second T- TFA teaser number two where he talks, he's talking to Ray. Or no, it's no, sorry. He's talking about uh, the force being strong in his family. I thought that's interesting too. I, w- I, w- I wonder if that tells us anything. Uh, and then, yeah, just in terms of ranking the teasers, I, 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 I can't. I don't. I have such a hard time, or I don't know how to rank them because I don't remember my reactions to them all. But right, like I, I'd have to say that the rise of Skywalker is is right near the top when you take everything into consideration. And you know, the Phantom Menace. Like the, I think all my favorite ones had something of significance around the movie. Like Phantom Menace coming back after a 16-year break from Star Wars. Uh, TFA was like a 10-year break or so. And, and of course, uh, The Rise of Skywalker is, is the end. So I think those are probably my three favorite teasers. And I don't know which one I would say is my favorite. I'll, I'll give it right now to Rise of Skywalker just because it's it is such a great teaser and because it's brand new. So... I'll give it some extra shine for the honeymoon process. Uh, what else we got? Anything else from this? Uh, well, that's. Do we have? Uh, yeah, Bradley's second question, of course. Uh, yeah, exactly. What, what shots featuring Ray and Kylo from the Rise of Skywalker teaser are possibly going to be cut from the theatrical release? Well, we don't get much of Kylo. You you get the one thing from the. Um from the the forest there with the uh yeah, he kind of uh, body slams that guy yeah it's kind of like a clothesline close clotheslines the guy with the uh the cross guard on his uh, lightsaber then other than that we see his gloves but we're made to, meant to think it's his gloves inside the tie fighter but maybe that's not from that might be a misdirect shot um and as far as Ray, I don't think they would have put that shot of her matrixing onto that TIE fighter in the trailer not to have it in the movie. I, I think that would be uh, absolutely, that would be suicide if they did that. If they cut that? Oh, yeah. There's, I mean, I would riot if that wasn't in the movie. Popcorn everywhere. I'd... I'd, buy, I'd buy popcorn once the movie's finished just to throw it. <laughs> Yeah, why not no, just bring? I, I why not uh, just bring a bag? Yeah, exactly. I should bring one of those big bags there, the big imperial bag. Uh, Swing no, it around I, like I, a pillow. <laughs> just start knocking people. <laughs> uh, yeah, that'd be a tough one to cut, wouldn't it? I mean, it, it's it's such a like a majestic shot. That's because the, the the way that the question is framed is what shots featuring Ray and Kylo. Are going to be cut from the. I, I don't think we're. Other than that first, the Tie Fighter thing that we're we're assuming Kylo's in that Tie Fighter. Uh, I, we don't see them on screen together, so I don't know if they're going to cut anything. And I think like we we spoke about it last week, I believe. Was it last week or the week before? 
where we spoke about how the the um, we're trepidatious about what they're going to cut from the trailer from the movie just because of what happened with Rogue One. Yeah, that was a couple weeks uh, ago. Yeah, it was a couple weeks ago. So I think we're giving a little bit too much. Uh, I, I came around to your point there, Kyle. I think we, we're, we're giving it a bit too much credence to that, um, you know, that, that we actually see it a lot. And when in reality, we, we don't. So. Yeah. My answer is I don't think we will get anything cut. I don't think anything is going to be cut. What about you, Corey? Uh, yeah, I'm with, right on board there. Like, there, we didn't see too much of them, to be honest. Like, I think it's all going to be in the film. It would be a real shame if, you know, the first. It actually be pretty, JJ. Like, you know, the first trailer we see that. Uh, well, actually, it's Ray's vision, so we did kind of see it, but. You know, that guy getting stabbed, like people have screen grabbed that now. We see it both in both trailers. This moment where that's where JJ, where Carlos said he might have been saving the guy, but where he's just powering through this, these people, right? Yeah, he's definitely clotheslining him right through the, the abdomen with the, the cross guard. Yeah, like total power move. Like, I don't know. Uh, we didn't see much of them. Like if they were to disregard that scene it would be like what the f oh. <laughs> it'd still be like what's going on you know like if we see it in both of them it'd be like a zuvio thing but uh yeah i don't know I, we didn't see much of them really i think it's all going to be in the film what's going on in the first scene again with the the tie fighter and her flipping phenomenal but i'm having a hard time placing that like i don't get it is he trying to capture is he working with her are they training uh there's so many options out there right down, but there's something funky about it. Something, something's not right. And uh, to me, I, th I said it could have been a vision or something like that, uh, a recurring dream or vision. But something's amiss there for me. But I think it's all in the film thus far. I think, I think the Kylo shot is more likely to be cut than the Ray one. But I, the, the ray the backflip is in slow mo, and I doubt we'll see that happen in slow mo in Star Wars. We don't see a lot of slow motion, almost ever. So I don't think that shot is going to play out that way. I mean, it only works because of the way it's cut together with the music, right? Like it, it like the that I don't think you're not going to see that music with that shot in the movie. I would I would bet. If I had a fortune, I'd bet it on on that. Um, so I, I think if we see that shot of of Ray doing the backflip, which I I hope we do, I think it hap it all unfolds in real time at full speed. So I wouldn't. I don't think that counts as like cut, but I think we see it in a different light. Um, but then again, you know what I. I thought we would, you know, all all the uh, the shots of Rey swinging her saber around in in the Last Jedi. It was like bird's eye view kind of shots. There were some really non Star Warsy shots in that in that segment. I'm like, no way, we'll see that, and we totally did. So, what yeah. do I know? Then again, I did say that I I did correctly predict that Rey running with the saber would be cut, and that did get cut. Uh. 
yeah, that's it. I don't like there's so little Ray and Kylo in that teaser that uh, I have a hard time saying that either one will be cut. But if one or the other does, I would say it's it's the Kylo one just to be replaced with a bunch more. So, Bradley, there you go. Thank you for the question this week. And we move lastly to somebody. We, we don't have a, 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 a segment for Justin's questions just yet. But Justin Lyon is in with a question this, this week. Just in time. Well, <laughs> there you go. It's just in time, everybody. Uh, I've noticed a lack of Mark Hamill not even mentioning Episode Nine. Would this be due to having not much movie time? Or has he been told to keep his mouth shut completely this time around? Do you think he has a bigger role than we expect? After all, the title is Rise of Skywalker. Cheers. That's from Justin. Thank you very much, Justin. All right, Carlos, what do you think? What, what's what's up with Mark? Um, I would have loved to have noticed a lack of Mark Hamill <laughs> mentioning anything for a while. Uh, I've haven't noticed that at all. It's just um, he even uh, doubled down on his tweet and said, "Oh, I just noticed a picture. Somebody sent me a picture, and I just retweeted, it and I kind of liked it, and I retweeted it." It's like. Like, just step away, man. Like, I don't know. I, there's got to be somewhere you can go on vacation without your phone for a bit. Like, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, just have someone break, change buddy. your password or something. Jeez, Alou. Uh Yeah, it's been, uh, it's pretty tough. But that said, uh, I don't think Disney tells him to keep his mouth shut. I don't think anybody could tell him to keep his mouth shut. Um, he keeps making that joke right he's been making that joke for a couple years now what are they going to do fire me yeah exactly exactly but I think it's because he does have that bigger role than we might expect like like it's it's a bigger role than we're used to for let's say force ghosts yeah yeah I I believe that's um, I'm pretty sure that's where we're going down and and He's trying maybe playing up the fact that, you know, maybe, um, you know, fans think that he's not happy with what they're doing. I think he, he might be doing the ultimate troll in trolling the trolls. Oh, that's, maybe. That's my hope. Well, that's my hope. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Corey, what do you think? Is Corey here? I don't or know. The... Did he just walk away? Who knows? Yeah, sorry. I was on mute. <laughs> okay yeah in regards to uh mr hamill uh yeah like uh he caused a bit of a stir he knows what he's doing that little turd <laughs> 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 but i don't know like i loved his narrative for uh the rise of skywalker i thought that was really cool but the resentment that i see here I mean, it's all, first of all, it stems from JJ, right? Like, Han's gone. That scene was never coming, unfortunately. This story took a different path than he had imagined. But sometimes I almost feel that uh, there's a resentment there. And yes, I think there is going to be some scenes with Luke. It depends on all on what your expectation is. But uh, I don't necessarily know how heavily he's going to weigh into this film. I really think that he's not going to be a huge part of it. I think he'll 
have the Yoda-esque moment. He'll have possibly a conversation, maybe two, with Rey. Maybe even just the voice, the narrative, who knows? But uh, maybe in that regard, he, he is holding a bit of resentment. In The Last Jedi, he was talking about how he's had to hold on to the script. He had the script uh, with him all waking hours. It was on his person. And at nighttime, he put it away in a vault. This time around, he got the script and someone stayed with him until he was done reading it and was like, give it back and we're leaving. So, so he's that, like, no that, pressure. That leads me to believe his role is diminished. Or at least the lines are short. Short lines. You don't need to know that much. And you've already proven yourself to be a bit of a social media <laughs> mishap, <laughs> misfit. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, it kind of all leads me to believe that, again, depending on where you expect him to be in this film, I don't think his role is going to be all that great. I think it's going to be potent, pertinent to the story. Uh, but I, I can't see him. He's, he's not going to be popping around all that much, I don't think. Uh, and I think he, he's a little bitter about that. He wanted a bit of a bigger role, you know? Yeah, that's 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 a weird thing because it's like he he's he's tweeted openly before and, and spoken about how Star Wars is always about the next generation. But you're right; he does seem very jaded, jaded, disappointed. I mean, which is fine. You're allowed to feel that whatever you honestly feel. Uh, that you know, if he feels like there should have been more for Luke Skywalker in this trilogy, hey, power to you. You're you're entitled to your opinion, but it kind of clashes with what you've said about. Star Wars being about the younger generation. Anyway, that that's a different conversation. Like I I think the marketing for the sequel trilogy has been like it's been like a batting pack practice fastball like right down the middle at 50 miles an hour. Like it's you know all, all the all the discussions and speculations we've had as a group and as a fandom they all kind of come from us believing that we're being tricked or misled. We're all we're the paranoid ones, right? They're fooling us there. They're lying to us there. That's not going to happen. But, you know, really, how much misleading have they actually done? Like, in the sequels, I think the biggest one uh, was was leading us to believe that Finn would be the Force-sensitive one. Or the, 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 ne the next Jedi. You saw him light the saber in those Force Awakens uh, tra uh, trailers. And a lot of people bought into that and I didn't because well for one I was spoiled so I knew but even before that I was figured that they were going to draw from Lucas's inspiration and it seemed normal for me to believe that it was going to be actually be Ray. and uh, at least half of that is true at this point and so, yeah, I, I thought she'd be the, the Jedi-in-waiting. So I was never surprised to see her grab the saber at the end of The Force Awakens. But they misled us with, with Finn. But when you look at the, the posters and the trailers for The Force Awakens, people were screaming back in 2015 about the lack of Luke. And I was, I was just sitting there going, it's because he's not in the movie, guys. Like, he's barely in it. That's why he's not on the poster. They're not being dishonest. They're kind of telegraphing his role and 
it was a bit of the same deal with Snoke. You know, he he ultimately isn't that important, which is why he was only ever in teasers as a voice. And like he, he was never on any posters, I don't think. And, you know, the, he wasn't used very much in, in the marketing, which again kind of speaks to his role and his importance. And to me, that's Lucasfilm being pretty straight up about it all. But then, you know, fandom, we've, we'd convinced ourselves that they're hi- it's, it's because they're, they're keeping something back. They're hiding something. And then when you fast forward to The Last Jedi, Luke's front and center. He's all over the marketing. Mark Hamill's on the... He's all over the press. And that's because he was rightfully... You know, he, he had a big part in the movie. And again, they're just... They're, they're putting the people that are central out there. And when they're not, you don't see them. And so, you know, here we are at the end of this saga. And Mark's pretty much absent, right? Save for his Twitter presence. And he wasn't at Celebration. And he said that's because he was working. But maybe he was, just wasn't invited. Which is why he booked that weekend for, for an actual paying gig. You know, he... he I guess in the trailer, he gets a voiceover that may or may not be in the film. So I take this as Luke having, you know, a minimal role when compared to Rey or Kylo. But like Carlos, you'd said, like he, in terms of being a force ghost, I think his, his involvement and impact will, will be greater than we've seen out of force ghost to this point. Um, but yeah, as, as for them telling him to shut up, Nah, based on what he said Friday, <laughs> I don't yeah, think so. He didn't so. make any friends there. He did not make any friends there. I don't think. Like I, I want to say he needs to shut up, but I don't want him to really. I don't want him to completely shut up. I just want him to learn that if you're going to do something like that, add context, so that your those those tweets can't be weaponized. Because like we we were pretty active about this chat or the, this tweet in the Facebook group, and I'm saying. We were immediately on this. And I'm like, just just watch. Watch Ryan Johnson is going to take it in the teeth for this. And within half an hour, I went and I checked uh, his timeline. And it was just littered with people saying, see, Ryan, you ruined Star Wars and F you and blah, blah, blah. It was just one after another of people ripping Ryan Johnson for not doing that scene with, with the reunion in the cockpit of the Falcon. And I'm going, not the only one, but... Jeez, like, Ryan didn't kill Han Solo. Ryan could never have made that reunion happen. Yeah, exactly. So that, I, 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 and I wish, that's all I wish. I wish Mark would just know that when he speaks or tweets, you know, people will take that and use it to, you know, use it for their own purposes. And in this case, it just, it, it got nasty. But if he had said... Listen, guys, you know, uh, I, I like the stories. I like these new characters. I love this franchise. I just feel like this is maybe a bit a missed opportunity. Or even I, I wish I, we would have had a chance to do this. Yeah. So, or he could have said it this way. Selfishly, I would have loved to have been reunited on screen with Carrie and Harrison. Selfishly. Just say it like that. And then everybody else who says, you see, they should have done it. Then you could say, 
Well, yeah, well, you're being selfish because Mark himself is saying that he would have wanted that selfishly over the actual story. It's, you know, that's that's the thing. It's like I, I'm, I'm kind of tired of, of all that stuff because it's at a certain point, nobody cares what you want or what you like. You're not paid to write the story. No, we're just, we just get to sit here and watch. No, but I mean, we... I'm, ta- I'm, I'm even talking about the actors themselves. Oh, yeah. Look, Her- if you want to blame, you could blame JJ all you want. He didn't have to write out Harrison Ford, but Harrison Ford wanted no part in other movies. So blame Harrison. Well, that, that that's what we all we all believe, right? That Harrison Ford was going to come back one time. You're going to have to pay him through the nose. And he's going to walk away. And didn't didn't he say as much? Well, he did. Yeah, he did. Kind of wink at the camera and say, like, they paid me. <laughs> he, he got a lot of money for for the Force Awakens. No, but he he said, "I'm only going to come back if you kill off my character." Yeah, something to, to that effect. I think you're right. So, I mean, come on, man. A little bit of uh, oh, man, the selective memory of some people it's 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 sickening it's like just get over yourself and just like and this that's what's frustrating about what mark chose to do on friday it's that by now after the year we had in 2018 he should know it's it's not the first time this has happened where people have taken his tweet and twisted it to fit their their narrative when you know if he had just stopped for a minute to add some context to what he's saying Things would have been just fine or better off than they were. Instead, here we are, you know, like three days later, it's still being talked about on the Internet. And it's like, all I had to say, like you said, Carlos, selfishly, blah, 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 or just add a bunch of disclaimer to it saying, I like I like these people. I like the creators. I like the stories. I wish we had two minutes of this. But it also gives you kind of a mindset, not only of the person who made the picture, but of Mark himself, when he says that, these movies are about the characters, the new ones, the young kids. Where are they in that picture? You know, that picture it just means we, I still think that these movies are about us, the old guard. Exactly. They're not. Yeah. They're not. And if you have that scene in the movie, it, it derails and it detracts from the characters. And I'm, I'm glad we have storytellers who are disciplined enough to know that. Because I'm like, these guys are fans. JJ, Ryan, they're OT fans. They're older than us. They grew up with the OT. It's precious to them. And yeah, Luke had a huge role in the, in the Last Jedi. Like, I'm, I'm sure. Well, yeah, but he wasn't jumping around pulling Star Destroyers out of skies and, and, and being badass. And that, no, that, whatever. Whatever. Anyway, what I'm saying is that they love Star Wars as much as we do. They care. Right? So. Just be like it would have been easy for them to to cave into that and say I'm gonna I'm writing writing this scene for me and it's gonna be all my old heroes 70 80 year old heroes and I'm gonna put them back in action who wants to see that <clears throat> honest to God and Corey how excited Carlos we all have young boys and I have I also have a daughter how excited would they be <laughs> To play with their toys full of 70 and 80 year old men. And, you know, like, come on, get real. Get a grip, people. My kid actually loves old man Luke for some reason, but. 
You, need, you know, know what I mean? I, though, I right? Like, of course, they need heroes. Uh, he's I looking for a father figure. It's not. It's not his fault. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, well, at least he's got a big brother. It's all good. Oh. Anyway, like the, there's this guy <laughs> in my dressing room in, in hockey, and he was totally trashing like uh, like we're talking about the Star Wars trailer coming out. And he's like, and I could tell right away. He was like, he's like, oh, Star Wars is girls, and but he kept saying girls, girls, like always oh, the girls. Now I was like, I was like, yeah. He's like, little boys, you just like they don't look up to girls. Like I was like, I don't know. I'm like. My my kid's awesome, man. Like he wants, he talks about Ray. He wants me to call him Ray. One of my <laughs> my middle son James. I asked him what his favorite parts of Endgame were, and he named a couple. And then he said, "But he loved the shot of all the." Yeah, that was so sweet. Wow, spoilers. Yes. There you go. What? Sorry about that. <laughs> I can't believe we just did that. Oh. You just created a lot of editing for Kyle here. So I know. hey, don't sorry, you sorry. don't you don't have anything to say, Corey? Dropping two f bombs. <laughs> yeah, I said I said it. I said we. <laughs> he just drop off the call. I said we. Unbelievable. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Good time. So close. Oh, not even close. Not even close. Oh, <laughs> uh, good. Uh, well, okay, so bringing it back around, I think we went off on a bit of a tangent there. Um, <laughs> Mark not being not being super present yet. I don't know if that's just because we're very early in the game and he's busy and the pieces haven't lined up. Maybe he will be all over the press circuit for episode nine. If it's going to be, maybe they're a... hiding something. Maybe they're really keeping it under wraps. Well, there's, there's the fandom paranoia again. They're 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 trying to trick us, and I'm gonna fi- I'm gonna find them. I'm gonna figure them out, right? What's well, not paranoia? It's maybe they're really, you know, everything is really super tight lipped around this whole entire project. You know, if he did have a big role, I would think they don't want us to know about it. He's supposed to be dead, so from that perspective, yes. But in the long run, my heart of hearts is telling me that. He has a very minimal role, but uh, an important role. For sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm there as well. Like, very important role, and I think it's going to be slightly... It's, it'll be one or two steps above minimal. I think he's going to be a very present Force Ghost, as far as Force Ghosts go. Uh, Carlos, your final word on this one? Uh, yeah, I, I do believe that will uh, he's going to be the most present Force Ghost that we've ever seen in Star Wars. And I, 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 I do hope so. I'd like to see that for Luke. Uh, yeah, I can see him like nagging on Ray, like every time she's like by herself, like just pops like the Cheshire cat. It's <laughs> like sitting up in the tree. <laughs> Maybe he's going to be trolling Kylo. That'll be funny. <laughs> Throwing things at him. All right. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm. I guess it's. It's again. I think it's still early to say. But when we finally get around to the fall time, and certainly leading up to the rise of Skywalker, we'll see if Mark Hamill's part of the whole press junket thing. And I hope by then, the conversation will have shifted officially to Episode Nine. You know how how the press works. They want the soundbite. So if if they're gonna keep steering Mark towards Episode Eight. 
then I hope they leave him at home. You know, I, I hope that the, the conversation about episode nine is actually on episode nine and not about missed opportunities, hashtag, and Mark Hamill's continuing tirade against. Didn't he apologize, though? It was not really. He just well, he kind of said, oh, "I'm so I didn't mean to stir all this up. It's just my honest opinion." Something to that effect. He didn't mean to throw anybody under the bus, but anyway, such is life. Uh, and uh, you know, that's that's it. We're gonna we're gonna put a pin in it for this week. We are done. So that's it, Jeffrey, and Bradley, and Justin, and of course Katie. Thank you all so much for the questions. Hope you enjoyed our answers. Hope they added something to the conversation. Uh, if you want to be part of the podcast in the future, send your questions to tumblingsaber at gmail.com and we will work them into a future episode. And if you did like this episode, if you like us, you know, there's a bunch of ways in which you can help us to grow. And one, of course, is to please be, uh, consider becoming a powerful friend on Patreon. Starting at just two bucks a month, you can check that out at patreon.com slash tumblingsaber. And secondly, make sure you're subscribed on your platform of choice and leave us a review there. We haven't read a, re a review in a while, so someone out there, head over to iTunes, drop us a review, we'll read it. And uh, third, share this podcast with your pals. If they, if you think they need more Star Wars in their life, maybe we can scratch that itch for them. So uh, be, be that word of mouth that your friends will trust, and, and um, give us a little recommendation. And that's it, and uh, you know what? A little shout out to our buddy over in the UK, Rob Wade. Thank you, sir, for endorsing this episode and all episodes of Tumbling Saber as part of the Emotionally 14 endorsed program. And you can check out that and all the other E14 endorsed shows at Emotionally14.com. And also, be sure to check out the ever-evolving Star Wars Commonwealth Podcast Network. Great community of, of podcasts. We all bring something different to the table. Be sure to check that out. There's going to be a whole lot of Star Wars talk this week. Excited to see what new content hits the podcast feed. And uh, I, I bet you there's going to be some endgame chat in there as well. If <laughs> you know, I think that that will be a big part of the discussion this week. But, you know, go check it out. On, you can, of course, the website, StarWarsCommonwealth.com, or on iTunes as a podcast provider. And so, guys, with all that out of the way, Carlos, where can people find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at ccandidomusic. You can find me, search for me on Facebook, Carlos Candido, and like my music page. Or if you want to support what I do for my music, you can uh, always uh, go to patreon.com slash carloscreates. And for as little as $3 a month, join our community where you get new music every month. New track coming a couple days from now. Yep. Looking forward to that. And Corey. Well, I know you've been waiting for it, Kyle, but let me tell you. You can find me at Chop Rules with a Z on Twitter. And definitely uh, anyone who's interested, come join us in our closed Geek Out Facebook group, The Tumbling Saber. That's always a good time. Lots of cool peeps in there. So definitely come hit us up there. Absolutely. And uh, you can find me in the aforementioned Tumbling Saber group. You can also find me on Twitter at Tumbling Saber and also on Instagram there. If you can get me to edit my hibernation on Instagram, I'd appreciate that. I need some motivation there. So that's it, everybody. I uh, hope you enjoyed episode 173. We'll catch you again very, very shortly in another episode. 
So have yourselves a great week, and we will talk to you later. See